Welcome to the Faith Today podcast, conversations inspired by Canada's Christian magazine. Rebecca Pippert is the well-known author of the 1979 evangelism classic, Out of the Salt Shaker and Into the World. And now she's released a new book about evangelism called Stay Salt, The World Has Changed, Our Message Must Not. My name is Karen Stiller, and I hope you enjoy this interview with Becky. Becky, your first book, or well, the first book that I know of you from is Out of the Salt Shaker and Into the World in 1979, which to me is like an evangelism classic. And I I grew up knowing about that book and reading that book, and it seemed like the whole world was. And now you have a new book out called Stay Salt, The World Has Changed, Our Message Must Not. I would love to just hear um, why you wrote this new book and how the world has changed. Oh, that's uh, excellent, excellent questions. I'm delighted to talk to you today, Karen. Well, when I wrote Out of the Salt Shaker, I was in my 20s, and the world was very different than it is today. And one of the reasons why I wrote Stay Salt uh, wasn't just a sequel. It was, we live in a different world. For example, uh, 40 years ago, there was still a general sense that truth was truth absolute truth. It was certainly weakening by then, but absolute truth has collapsed. It is gone. There is today not really a sense that there's anything authoritative. It's just personal preference. The way that we develop a philosophy or worldview is really very cafeteria style now. It's like, oh, well, you know, it's like you're, you know, walking through a cafeteria and getting food and going, oh, I'll take a little karma here and I'll do a little something there. And it's cafeteria style. Yeah. The sexual, the sexual revolution. I mean, you just think of those four things I mentioned and they weren't true 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. So I wrote the book because the culture has changed. The world has changed dramatically, and we've got to know in our post-truth, post-Christian world, how do we communicate the gospel for such a time as this? What do we do? So that's why I wrote the book. So Becky, it seems to me that one thing that has not changed is our fear and awkwardness around evangelism, because that was surely part of the reason why you wrote Out of the Salt Shaker and Into the World initially, and now with Stay Salt, the world has changed, our message must not. Are we more or less fearful <laughs> to share our faith? Yeah, I, I, that again is a great question. And one of the gifts that God has given us is that we have been able to literally travel the whole world. I lived for seven years, Dick, my husband and I. We've only come back two years ago in the UK, traveled all over, uh, ministered all over Europe, the most secular place on the planet. And it's absolutely fascinating to see that the nature of the fears haven't changed, but maybe the, um, I would say there's probably even greater fear because the the culture is much more hostile. But for example, I will always hear, oh, what if they ask me a question I can't answer? (laughs) And I say, yes, people will ask you a question that you can't answer. And how do you respond to that? What we need to do is be able to say, that's a fantastic question. I haven't a clue what the answer is but I am so glad God has brought you into my life. I can't wait to find out. 
in other words, what people want is real. Mm -hmm. They want to know we're authentic. Now, I have to say, and I've spoken a, a lot with our beloved Ravi Zacharias, who's gone to be with the Lord, and I've spoken with Ravi all over the world. And, and in fact, Ravi wrote the foreword for Stay Salt and never dreaming that it would be the last foreword he would ever write for a book. But what I would also say regarding questions is, People basically ask the same questions. So do the work on looking at some books on apologetics. You don't have to be a scholar. Just have some kind of defense of the faith. That will help. Well, another thing that I always hear is, what if I offend? I'm so afraid I'll offend. Again, I find it fascinating, Karen, that the thing we most worry about, we never tell people we're worried about. In other words, why don't we say to our non-Christian friends, you know, I, I am so excited I'm a Christian. It has made such a difference, but I, I don't like Bible bashers. Mm -hmm. And if I'm coming on too strong, or if I'm offending you, would you let me know? Now, what does that tell them? What are they going to think? Oh, my goodness, you're normal. Uh, you're, you're not one of those, you know, Bible bashers. You're aware that, that we are... Um, uh, that, that you have the sensitivity to us. Yeah, I really like that, Becky. I love I love that idea of just saying it's so simple and what an elegant response and solution to that fear of offense. Just to say right out, I am afraid of offending you. <laughs> you know, it never seems to occur to us. You know, and there are so many fears that we have that they're actually very easy answers. But you were saying, are fears still an issue? What is really fascinating to me beyond fears is what are the obstacles? Mm -hmm. What are the things, no matter where we are in the world, where Christians seem to struggle? Karen, do you know the number one thing I hear, and this is global north, global south, especially in the west. We're doing evangelism training every time. Somebody will come up to me or raise their hand and ask the question, Becky, I really want to share my faith. I can't. Why can't you? Because I'm inadequate. Mm -hmm. I, my response is always, well, of course you're inadequate. I'm inadequate. We're all inadequate. God is the great evangelist. He is the one that has the power, not us. And so, you know, we have to remember what did Paul say to the Lord Jesus, who was in heaven by that time? He said, will you take away this thorn in the flesh? I can't stand it. In other words, what Paul is saying is, I don't like being weak. Right. And what did the Lord Jesus say? No, Paul, I'm not going to take it away because my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul says, well, all right then, he says, then I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Karen, what we, in fact, the first part of my book in Stay Salt, literally the first section, is all about learning to celebrate our smallness, not being afraid that God can't use us in our inadequacy, but learning then how to lean upon the Holy Spirit, how to walk in the power that God has given us and all the resources mm -hmm. that God 
So this fear of inadequacy is not so, if I'm hearing you correctly, it's not so much, I'm afraid I won't be able to explain the Trinity at so much as I'm afraid that I am, you know, a weak vessel and they're going to know I'm kind of a wreck and how will that glorify God? Is that what you mean, Becky? Exactly. Exactly. That we are, we are creatures. We're not the creator. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, we don't, you know what I think it is really? And I say this in the first section of the book, I don't think we know what it means to be human, that we are created dependent, not independent. We don't walk in and say, well, I'm going to be able to answer every question. I'll be able to, um, I'll do this absolutely perfectly. No, that's not the point. The point is we come as we are. We are inadequate. We, we are going to be able to answer every single question. We may not be able to communicate the gospel as perfectly as we wish we do the best we can. But we have the, the presence of the Lord Jesus in our lives. He dwells within us and he says, I will give you everything you need. You know, I think you have to go back to what the Lord said when he commanded us to share our faith. And what did he say? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. What didn't he say? He didn't say, go ye, therefore, all you extroverts, all you evangelists, and all you clergy, and the rest of you just hang out, sing some hymns. He says, all of us are called to be a witness to Jesus Christ, and it isn't conditioned by the kind of personality we have, nor our gifts. What I hear all the time is, I'm not an evangelist. Right. I, I don't. And I go, you don't have to be. Only a few people are gifted as evangelists. We're called to be witnesses. And we have the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the gospel, the power of the love of Jesus operating through us. God is the great evangelist. And we need to go having confidence in him. In fact, just one more thing. Everybody always says to me, I can't do it. I don't have enough self-confidence. And I go, you don't need self-confidence. You need God confidence. Mm -hmm. And he will use you just the way you are. Becky, I'm wondering when you describe people like not having confidence and, and saying, oh, I'm not an evangelist, I immediately actually think of middle-aged people or older people having that insecurity. I, and I may be completely wrong, but I'm wondering, do you hear that also from younger generations? Oh, I hear it from everybody. Everybody. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that they, and also, I think there is such a tremendous misunderstanding of what evangelism is. That, that's one of the difficulties, is that they think, they think they're supposed to do it a certain way, and that's why they feel so insecure. Okay. I run into two things, actually. One, and this is very true when I wrote out of the salt shaker, say the word evangelism. And many Christians still think it means preaching a memorized gospel or some kind of outline to some poor victim and then running away and not realizing that we need to follow Jesus' way mm -hmm. of engaging, listening, asking questions, loving, sharing the gospel in a way then that connects to who we've discovered this person to be. But Karen, the other thing that I see is particularly these days, we've redefined evangelism in the West in a way that isn't biblical. And so what I hear all the time, again in the West, is, well, our task is to demonstrate the gospel, not tell the gospel. 
Now, demonstrating the gospel is very important, but so is telling the gospel. And what I hear endlessly quoted is they'll, they'll back up that argument with Francis of Assisi. And they say, you know, Assisi says, preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. First of all, there is no historical evidence that Assisi ever said it. And if he did say it, he was wrong. Biblical evangelism involves three things. It is organic. It, it comes out of um, a, a, an authentic relationship uh, and, and a compassionate, caring relationship where we are ourselves and we relate to people in a natural way. Secondly, evangelism is visual. We really do have to demonstrate acts of compassion, caring about justice, especially today. But thirdly, it's not just visual, it's verbal. And that is where younger people are so fearful mm. that to even speak about faith or th they're not sure how to negotiate a disagreement. They're afraid if you disagree that that means you have no respect for the person. And that's, again, what I'm doing in the book is saying, how do you do this? How do you walk alongside full of compassion and love and have a different point of view? And let me tell you, Karen, if you're not being judgmental, if you're not failing to listen, but truly interested in a dialogue, people are very open to that. Very yeah, I think that's, uh, I think you've made a few, well, excellent points there. I know that quote about, you know, preach the gospel and sometimes use words or whatever. I definitely have used that as a cop out <laughs> myself um, to let myself off the hook. So I, I think you're right. I think that that really resonates. And this idea of relational evangelism feels so much more natural in every way. And in Stay Salt, you talk about the example of Jesus that, uh, you know, it wasn't formulaic and he took it on a case by case relational basis. And I'm thinking of the role of listening must be huge here as we listen to the hearts and the lives and the stories of the people with whom we're in relationship. Look at Jesus. He's speaking to uh, the woman at the well. When he begins engaging with her, how he begins to understand this woman has a tremendous thirst. It's why she's gone from man after man after man. But what he says to her is when he asks her for water, is, gosh, if you'd asked me, I would have given you living water and you'd never have to come back here to draw. What's fascinating is Jesus tied the gospel with what the needs of that person, the, the, the issues they were wrestling with. The essence of the gospel is the same, but the way he connected it and the way he approached it was always based on that particular person. How did he know who they were? Okay, yes, he was God, but he was also fully human. And he listened. He loved, he had compassion. And so we've got to learn how to just do the way that Jesus did it. Yeah, thank you, Becky. As we as we wrap up, uh, you mentioned your travels uh, in you know very secular Europe. I'm in Canada, which is you know probably closer to the European vibe in terms of our secular mood. You're coming up behind us, probably in the states. I wondered if you could just speak generally about your hopes for the church in the next you know twenty years. What is your hope that the church will become and sort of step into being and in wherever we live? Oh boy, that is a huge topic. And my desire is that the church becomes, develops an evangelistic culture. 
everybody says the same thing. I can't do it. It's not my gift, etc. And then you realize that's not even the point. What I long to see in the church is revival. And revival, by the way, always means repentance and renewal, first in the church and then bringing the gospel outside. I long to see them develop an evangelistic culture, as I said, and there it's so critical that the church does evangelism conferences and in training and teaching in this relational incarnational way. But I want to say one other thing, and that is the times we are living in. I, the, it has been the most extraordinary I, in my lifetime. I've never seen anything like it with COVID, then the racial issue, then the, um, I mean, it, it, it's, it's extraordinary how much is happening. And I want us to be able to not miss what God is doing. There is a spiritual openness right now. I, I speak to my non-Christian friends now. We haven't been able to meet other than virtually. There is an openness that I haven't seen in quite a while because catastrophe at this level gets everybody's attention. It's like the fog is lifted and we can see reality more clearly. And what are people seeing? I'm not in charge. I, I, I thought I was in control. A, an agnostic friend called me recently and she said, Becky, I always thought I was in charge of my destiny. But she said, with all the catastrophe that's going on, coronavirus started it, it's opened my eyes to see I'm not in control. And to tell you the truth, I think I've always known it. Because if I'm God, what kind of God needs to be taking meds for anxiety? Right. <laughs> the truth is I make a lousy God. And guess what? For the first time, she is open to not only having spiritual conversations, we're going to be doing what I call a seeker Bible study, a Bible study where we are looking at the person of Jesus and finding out what is he like, what's he doing. There, that's a tremendous tool, by the way. Bring people into the presence of Jesus. They haven't a clue what he's like. Wow. And, and they don't have to believe the Bible. They don't have to believe anything. But just say, hey, you're intelligent. And in order to make an intelligent decision, you at least need to know what he said. I want to see Christians today reaching out to their non-Christian friends, praying, asking questions, um, praying for them, praying with them, and inviting them, not only sharing the gospel, but inviting them to take a look at Jesus. Beautiful. And if they don't have non-Christian friends, solve that problem. <laughs> oh, yes. And that is a big problem. You're exactly right. <laughs> Becky, thank you so much. How can people find you online and find your book, Stay Salt, The World Has Changed, Our Message Must Not? All right. My website is www.beckypippert.org. And if you look at my website and they look under resources, they'll see, you know, they can get Stay Salt certainly on Amazon, but they, I, I give all kinds of information about how they can see it. And there's We've done evangelism training on videos that churches can use called Empowered. There's the Seeker Bible Studies, so they can learn it all right there. Wonderful. Becky, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Karen. I've loved it. Thank you for listening. Check out more podcasts and subscribe to Faith Today magazine for free at faithtoday.ca. This podcast is produced by the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada. 
If you enjoyed it, please rate or share it.